1: Welcome back to Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. Butthole was found innocent of the crimes of the Moon Knights, but after murdering the traitorous Fiddlesworth and his henchmen in the courtroom, our heroes have been forced to flee Neverwinter on the high seas. But where will Captain Ayu take them? Has Quiddy saved his friends from the people pursuing him? Will Alan learn more from Gentle's magical book? Find out next on Dumb Dumbs and Dragons.
2: You've uh, successfully managed to escape the uh, horrible circumstances you found yourself in in Neverwinter. You've left with more questions than answers, but uh, you've you've managed to um, get Butthole out of his legal trouble for now. And uh, you've taken to sea on the, uh, the the ship piloted by Anak Ayang Ayu, the good ship Serendipity, which uh, hmm. not Peter Baelish managed to get you safely aboard. So for Quinny and for Alan, I think this is probably your first time at sea. This, um, and
3: this is definitely my first time seeing the sea at all.
2: Cool. Right? So how how is that so for
3: I just imagine myself like over like the front of the ship, just like leaning over, just this gleeful smile. Are you, are you king face. of the world? You yeah. You feel like you're
4: flying, Jack?
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah.
4: <laughs> awesome. Then- I hold Goblin Jr. over my head and we look out at the ocean. <laughs> and I look up at him and I say, one day, all of this can be yours. <laughs> <laughs> Now, butthole, that's just not true. <laughs> Listen, I don't understand the rules of nautical ownership, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's possible. Law of the sea—it's it's entirely possible. You don't understand maritime law, um, and um, uh, obviously, it's Goblin Junior's first
2: time at sea because you know, having lived in a goblin cave for a bit, this is <laughs> this is pretty pretty exciting for him. And uh, butthole, I think you've probably during your gray water days, you've likely been on ships, but there, I think it's probably been like transport ships, and it's been kind of like a below decks situation. I don't know, that
4: you would have probably snuck up and got drunk with the crew, but no, I I, I like my experience is like punchy-punchy on land, not yeah. so much water punchy-punchy.
2: Cool. So this is uh, this is pretty exciting for all of you. Now, uh, Quinny, you basically talked all of them into needing to go. So Butthole and Alan, how are you feeling about uh, suddenly being at sea? I mean, you are kind of take the days as they come kind of folks, but mm-hmm. um, this is a pretty big departure for you guys. Uh, you don't have a set destination. You're just at sea. Would you be asking Quinny anything about that, or are you guys just cool? Or Quinny, would you be telling them anything? What, what how? I'm going to say you've been at sea for about uh, three days now. I'd want to avoid this conversation. I don't want
4: to talk about it. I think it. I've probably built myself a hammock.
3: I like to imagine myself spending time just reading through Bo Gentle, the wizard's book, from cover to cover That's a good call. in as much detail as I can.
2: So you managed to, to find some perhaps next level spells in there ah! that you've learned. And I think, Alan, it's, uh, it's less like reading a book mm-hmm. and more like an experience for you. Mm. It's very strange. The words are constantly shifting. At times, you feel like you're not reading languages even. Your brain isn't quite processing it, mm-hmm. but all you know is it makes you feel fucking great and uh, you suspect there, there's tremendous power in this kind of bond you're forming with a like a legendary wizard spellbook.
4: Cool. Cool. So I'm pumped because we're heading away from my parents, which always makes me feel safe. And we're away from that weird cult of the dragon bullshit that we would heard about that's still like in the back of my mind. <laughs> uh, I have been, I got a hammock. I made a miniature wolf size hammock. Of course. Uh, yeah. I have been pooping in a bucket that I've been hiding. Oh, it's my what? own poop bucket Why? that's hidden away. Don't worry. It'll pay off later. Unless I forget about it. <laughs> oh. uh, but I'm, I'm like, ready to find out, like, where where, where the fuck we're going. Yeah, so I'm, I would I, also
5: say three days in, Quinny would probably be, you know, up come I'm, up to Captain uh, Anaka Yangayun mm-hmm. saying, hey, so where is this vessel headed?
4: Uh, I, in in my perfect scenario, I imagine me wandering up to you after three days and being like, hey, where are we heading? And you're like, <laughs> come with me. <laughs> we, we go up to the captain. Right. And I, like, wave to Alan in the distance, and then yeah. she doesn't look up because she's got her book there. So I do, like, a, a thaumaturgy. And I just put, like, a little fart right in her ear, just, like, the Oop. sound. And then she, like, looks up, and I'm like, get over here, then she can come over, all too. Right. So
2: you all head above decks, um, and Anakanyang is uh, sort of up by the helm. It's a tremendously stormy day, really gray, it's dark, lots of rain, but the crew seems in good spirits. You get the sense that Anakayang, Ayu runs a runs a good ship. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the three days, you know, you've gotten to know the crew a little bit. Um, it seems that... Uh, they're mostly smugglers. They're uh, doing a run up the coast to drop off some some supplies, pick up some new supplies. But everyone's in fairly good spirits because, for the first time in a long time, one of the great scourges of the sea is reported dead. The Sea Witch, who was one of the worst pirates to ever uh, ravage the coast, legendary pirate, has reportedly disappeared, and it's made every smuggler's day just a little bit brighter um, because there uh, used to be, there's certainly lots of, you know, fearful pirates at sea, but of them, the Sea Witch had the, the, the most fearsome reputation. So everyone's feeling like you got a little bit of a spring in their step despite it being rainy and terrible. Mm-hmm. So you make your way up to uh, Anakayangu, who is a, uh, a tall elf. You know, she's missing an ear, has long flowing hair that she's got like... Wrapped in one of those like sort of, for lack of a better term, crazy pirate hairdos that where it's like wrapped in several ponytails, and each ponytail like, has like a different thing strung on it, messy and, um,
5: but cool. Hmm? messy but
2: cool messy but cool and like <laughs> yeah. full of mysterious trinkets like oh man where'd she get that one I don't know <laughs> oh man she probably won't tell you but maybe she will so many kinder surprises so many kinder surprises <laughs> up in that hair yeah but she had to travel out of the United States to get that <laughs> that's right yeah um, hence smuggling got it so um, her helmsman is reporting that it's very difficult to see obviously the conditions aren't aren't good but you're you're, you're open water so that's not too bad as you approach her uh, to ask her about your, your eventual destination there's a flash in the distance a bolt of lightning can you all roll Roll me a perception
4: check, please.
3: Natural twenty. Total of seven for me
4: and Butthole. Thirteen total.
2: Quinny, you're you're pretty interested in these trinkets, oh, and yeah. uh, all, you all know, like uh, game respects games. So you're 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 more <laughs> uh, you're more into finding out what what the story with those is. Mm-hmm. Butthole, I think uh, as sort of someone who you kind of revels in extreme situations, just like being up on the deck with the wind and rain hitting you in your armor, you feel pretty badass. And oh, that's kind of what you're, yeah. you're mostly thinking of. I look so good. But uh, in my head. <laughs> Alan, Alan mm-hmm. looks a little concerned. I, I wish there was some way to not phrase this as a question. What do your elf eyes see? I'll tell you <laughs> what
3: your elf eyes see.
2: In the distance with the bolt of lightning for the briefest second before you get that kind of like awful after image, you think you see a giant hulking
3: dark form. Oh, Jesus Christ. Guys, there's something up ahead. It's probably nothing. No, it's huge. What? It's massive. Oh, no, Alan, that was a lightning bolt. Yeah, no, no, there's something, there's something, the lightning illuminated something, there's something there, it's massive. I look uh, down, that's all I know. I look down I at my... I
5: there's nothing there, okay?
4: <laughs> I look down at my wrist and I see a tattoo that says, Alan is your friend, and I'm like, guys, we need to listen to Alan. <laughs> so um,
2: Anaka Yu turns to a navigator and says, did you see anything? And uh, he shakes his head, he's like, no, I'm having trouble seeing anything in this rain. Alan, do you want to try and roll me a persuasion check, please?
3: Sure. Natural That's your second nat 20 again. in a
2: row. These are the first roles of the goddamn game. Everyone on the yeah. ship is the most convinced. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone in Neverwinter is like, oh man, I bet Alan's right, wherever she is. What do, you, what do you say?
3: All right, everyone, I know we're a little bit new here, but you know what? You guys brought us onto the ship for a reason.
2: Because we paid <laughs> because you. Yeah. We were paid. I'm not going to exactly. like, just taps like a bucket of money on ourselves.
3: <laughs> and I just pass around like a gold piece to like every other person and be like, hey, just listen. All right? <laughs> Cool. I mean,
2: all right. So right. Um, I'll take a piece of gold. As yeah, me a, too. As <laughs> so a, does Goblin <laughs> Jr. <laughs> as a crew of smugglers, they normally wouldn't wouldn't really give you the time of day. But when you start handing out gold, yeah. it's like, well, this is very strange. Normally our cargo doesn't pay twice. So they all start looking very keenly. And mm-hmm. like, um, Anaka Yang Yu goes into her cabin and comes out with like, the most kick-ass one-hand telescope you've ever seen. You kind of wish you had one, Alan. Quinny, you kind of wish you could steal one and sell it. I kind of wish I had that one. But, well, you're just confused as to why she has a tube. Um, <laughs> so she kind of, like, throws it up to her eye and scans the horizon. She just mutters, oh, shit. And then she turns to the three of you. She's like, get below decks now. And uh, you want to roll me another perception check, or do you want to get below decks? I think Quinny's like, yeah, okay, I'll get below decks. No way, man. I'm, I, I'm I playing- think I
3: could be helpful.
4: I'm playing pirate. I'm like, I've asked me hearties, uh, and I 18 total,
3: 19 total for me.
2: As you continue to kind of like squint through the the uh, the rain, mm-hmm. uh, you can see a massive hulking ship coming directly towards oh. you. So today on Dum Dumbs and Dragons, we're going to be dealing with naval combat a bunch. Uh Quinny, he's below decks. <laughs> uh, we're going to introduce a bunch of new mechanics. So for those of you who know D&D 5th edition really well at home, get ready for some crazy. And I'll, uh, I'll kind of unfold these as we go. But in the immediate sense, uh, since none of you are in command of this particular ship, what I'll get is, if you guys to roll me initiative, please. The way that this particular encounter is going to work, the ship gets initiative as well as Captain Ayu. Mm-hmm. The rest of you will have initiative to do things on the ship as stuff happens. Okay, okay. cool.
3: 12 total for me.
4: Six total. Oh, nice. A total of 20. Quinny like goes down a little bit. So you know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> Comes back up. So Tom, when we're looking at this ship bearing down on us, does it have any like piratey flags or anything butthole or no. Because I'm like, it basically butthole's now trying to math out. Is it going to kill everybody or is this a pirate like so, um, robbery thing? Yeah,
2: so uh, through the darkness, uh, there's another uh, flash of light. And uh, what you can see is that the ship is roughly twice the size of the Serendipity. Again, it, you only get a quick flash of it, but um, perhaps the uh, the most horrifying thing to you is that it doesn't have a sail. Instead, it just has row upon
4: row of bones hanging where the sail should be.
2: Yikes! Um, so, so I don't know a
4: lot about ships, but that sounds like it's not efficient. It sounds, it's moving pretty quickly. It sounds um, magical as hell is what it sounds like. And Bunnel uh, <laughs> just thinks they've literally strung bones and is trying to figure out how it works. <laughs> uh, all right. So um,
2: and I, I
3: am going to take this opportunity to I've got. My glass staff, I'm going to cast major armor on myself.
2: Seems wise. So the uh, incoming ship opens up with uh, its forward cannon. It hits and it does 24 points of damage to the ship. Um, you watch the helmsman and um, a chunk of the space you're standing on, butthole and allen gets blasted off the ship. Can you roll me dexterity saves, please? Hmm. Even me under, under deck? No, you're good under okay. deck. Um, all you hear above you is like an explosion yeah. and splintering wood. Suddenly, like, rain is hitting you and splinters. uh um, oh, shit. very unpleasant. Jesus. Six yep. total. 18 six total. total for me. Butthole, you're going to take. <laughs> Ryan's uh, got his eraser over his HP already. Six points of damage. <laughs> Alan, you're good. You managed to dodge to the side. So top of the round, Quinny. Are there portholes down here that I can look at? Um, sure, yeah, I'd give yeah. you a porthole look at. I want to see how far away this ship is currently, if it's firing Uh us. The ship is closing. It looks like it's set at ramming speed. I'll climb back up to the top of the deck and ask Captain Ayung, what do we do? The captain looks shocked and disoriented, so... Oh, come on, Cap. Can you roll me however you want to try and like get her attention, what you're trying to get from her? I'm going to hop up on a barrel <laughs> and grab her by
5: the shoulders and just kind of give her that shake and that firm grip of like, Hey, I, we need you here. You're the captain. When is she you the captain? She, <laughs> Thank you for setting up this. You're the captain now. Yes! <laughs> As you have always been. Great, but so, now more than ever,
4: are
2: uh, you the captain? So roll me a, um, let's do an intimidation, because you're like trying to shake her out of it. You're the captain or else. <laughs> 14. Okay, so she kind of snaps back out of it, and uh, she kind of looks to you, looks to the ship. She's like, they, they'll be upon us soon. You must hide. I go back down below the deck. <laughs> Alan, you're up. So this the ship is bearing down on you. You've mm-hmm. got mage armor. You've just seen a big chunk of the ship get blown off.
3: Am I able to see anyone like at the Shit, What's it called at the helm. W- at the helm of the, sh- of the other uh, other ship? Roll me a perception check. Okay, thirteen total.
2: Uh, you can't see anyone specific at the helm. Uh, there's there's sort of too much chaos, but you can see a large circular shape that seems to be floating by the helm.
3: Floating by the helm. Okay, how far away is it?
2: Uh, it's about uh, <laughs> twenty feet now. It's closing quickly.
3: I'm going to use benign transportation. Okay. To transport onto the deck of the other ship. Okay. At the helm. <laughs> so I can. Full choice. Because that's do it. something that I have now. And as soon as I get there, I'm going to try to reef the wheel mm-hmm. away to turn away from our ship. Okay. I transport. <laughs>
2: <sighs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So, um, Alan, you, um, you know, uh, summoning all your heroic, mm-hmm. courageous might, you uh, teleport. Onto the biggest ship you've ever thought of. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, you're standing uh, by the helm. Next to you is a giant creature covered in eye stalks. The huge mouth of razor sharp teeth. It looks a little bit like Carl, O'clock? but like much bigger mm-hmm. and much scarier. And it's got a giant spiked eye patch over its big central eye, but you recognize it <laughs> as a beholder. And at the helm is a really stout looking dwarf whose mm-hmm. hands are manacled to the, uh, manacled to the wheel.
4: Oh damn oh, shit.
2: Standing next to him is an eight foot tall half <laughs> dragon man with only one arm who says, the fuck. <laughs> so that was your action. You've got a bonus and a move.
3: Come oh back. My <laughs> oh my goodness. I might be a little bit out of my depth in this one.
2: That doesn't sound like a bonus or a move to me. <laughs> no,
4: I know I know. I mean, it sounds like there's only three people running the ship. This is the most <laughs> Alan <laughs> thing to do, yes. which is teleport into the middle of the enemy, <laughs> then realize what you've done and go, I need to math mm. out the best way out of this. Yeah.
3: Okay, no, realizing that, I think what I would do is I would I would, I would, would leap to the wheel and try to spin it. Wow. I think we have a lot of time.
2: <laughs> you don't. Uh, okay, so, Alan, you leap desperately at the wheel. The Dragonborn's going to take an attack of opportunity okay. as you do so. He will hit you. Leap at the wheel, and as you do so, he grabs you and just like fucking smacks you off the wheel. Oh! So you're going to take 14 points of damage, okay. but you are on the wheel, so you're basically going to have to do an opposed check against the dwarf who's desperately pulling. This is fucking amazing.
3: <laughs> what am I rolling?
2: I'm unfortunately it's a strength check. Fuck. Good luck.
3: And just to remind everyone, my strength is minus one.
2: Ah, oh, twins. Another no twenty. This is amazing. <laughs> You, you sort of grab the wheel, you stare down the dwarf, and that's when you see the manacles, mm-hmm. and he kind of, like, winks to you and just takes his hands off Ooh. the wheel. And so you crank the wheel hard. Now, the ship is going to ram, the serendipity is far too close, mm-hmm. but you do manage to veer the ship. If it's going to directly T-bar it, now it's just going to, like, sheer off the uh, okay. the front. Behind you, you hear the uh, the giant-eyed monster cackle and be like, oh, an interesting
4: move, elf. Back to um, the ship, uh, Butthole. Oh, well, a lot's <laughs> happened. Yeah, so have we been rammed? Or we're, we're about to you're be You're about to be, after your turn. I look around, is there black cloth anywhere within sight of me? Oh, uh, sure, yeah. Sick. I immediately fashion uh, like a bandana and an armband, and then I, I put thaumaturgy on, and I yell at the other ship, and I'm like, I'm the dread Captain Butthole. I've captured this vessel. We would like to negotiate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The bone ship negotiates. <laughs> uh, so you hear um, uh, inside your head another voice says, "Oh, the dread pirate butthole, eh? Sure,
4: why don't you just come join your friend over here, and we can talk all you like. Cool, we- we'll do. <laughs> what? Actually, do you know what? That seems a little forward. Voice in my head. <laughs> I'd like to propose the middle ground conversation. Let's both take." <laughs> and then we can meet in the middle. We both bring one person. That seems fair. Roll and then we can a, talk. me a persuasion check? I'm going to put some stink on this.
2: <laughs> 19 total. The ship rams the serendipity. <laughs> we could still do the dinghy thing. You were already committed. Uh, you hear uh, sort of cackling in your head. It doesn't seem to actually want to get in a dinghy with you. It's like, you come here or no speaking. Okay, deal. The uh, the serendipity shudders uh, under the impact of the other ship. You feel the uh, the bow crack. Uh, Captain Ayu is like, if we're going aboard, we're going aboard. So she's kind of got your back because I guess she thinks you know what you're doing. Quinny, what are you doing? Right, we're going to skip initiative order for a couple seconds here to figure out what this boarding action oh, looks like. Oh,
4: I'll, right. I'll wave Quinny over and then I take I'm some— I'm below deck. I don't know if we're Oh, well, but, but Qu- Quinny, that's all. Get out of here. <laughs> And then what I want to do is I'm I'm gonna (laughs) bind Quinny's hands as though he's a hostage and walk over with the crew. And I'm like, Captain, I'm the dread Captain Butthole. I've captured this vessel, bind your hands too. And I'm like, okay, so I've got both of them by like the scruff of the neck, and I'm walking over with the crew looking like a the cool pirate with hostages. And I I tie a little bandana around Goblin Junior so he looks cool. Can I make a small
5: addendum to the plan? Yes. Can the rope around my hands be like Oh yes, you can get get out of that in two seconds
4: or like a trick knot. It's a trick knot. Okay, Okay, perfect. Yep. So we're, go- we're going over to negotiate.
2: You uh, you board the other ship. Captain A.U. is considerably less pleased with things. Once you go she thought we were like going out guns blazing, and now we're just kind of walking in. Looking around, you can see there are a number of people manacled to uh, the oars, and uh, you see a lot of the same collars on people that uh, you guys had, that Butthole had on the uh, magic-canceling mm-hmm. collars. Mm. Um Au keeps kind of like looking back at her ship. Her crew is desperately trying to keep it afloat, but it looks like it's starting to crumble. And as you approach the deck, Alan's still holding on to the wheel, what you recognize as a beholder floating uh, next to the wheel as well as the uh, the large half-dragon. As you start to approach, though, let's say, Quinny, you're probably the most perceptive. Hmm. Out of the corner of your eye, you see a male tiefling who's chained to one of the oars just very quietly shake his head at you in kind of like a don't do this and then goes back to rowing as if it was it was nothing. So you approach the beholder captain. what do you say?
4: Hello, <laughs> Hello I new am friend. The dread <laughs> pirate butthole. Uh, I was captain of this vessel that is currently sinking. Uh, stole it. Right here I got Captain Naukkaang ayu and I got sneaky McTiddles, the greatest thief in all of Neverwinter. We kidnapped him, he's wanted. I mean, if you think I'm not a badass, just escape Neverwinter myself. Those guys are dickheads. Uh, basically, I don't know what you want, but this seems to be going poorly well, for you this. You seem to have good skills. Join my crew, and I'll let you live. Okay, but the elf is with us. We thought we could avoid this confrontation up front, so you, it, the offer would have to be for the elf me. And honestly, sneaky McTiddles might be useful.
2: Sneaky McTiddles sounds fine. I must say, though, I have very little use for smugglers. And one of the eyes lights up, and a beam shoots out of it at the captain. And uh, she manages to, like, kind of reach forward as she does, so you see her arms start to turn to stone. And she's like, help me, please. I slip out of my knots
5: and draw my short sword. Oh, he is useful. I think, and Quinny's like, Primitive like math of how this would work. Like if the thing that shot the stone beam dies, maybe this person won't turn to stone anymore. And I lunge at Captain Beholder. Roll a new initiative.
2: <laughs> Butthole, are you staying in your uh, diplomatic stance, or are you joining the the fray? Fuck, fucking hell. Uh, we didn't get dealt a very good hand here.
4: <laughs> no, and we're not uh, playing it well either. So I mean, it's I, been a real it's yeah. been a real up and down. Uh, I'm going to be like, stop, sneaky McTittles. Uh and I'm just going to as I lunge after Quinny. I just shoved the captain out of the ray of the beam as though I'm letting her go. Okay. I'm going after Sneaky. Uh, she falls like, the, it, it's almost like an
2: infection now that she's been hit by it. Like, the beam isn't constant. So, now that she's been hit, like, her arms keeps going. But, yeah, she kind of manages to, like, scrabble off to the side. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, I rolled a 22. I rolled a three. I really was not equipped <laughs> for how badly this went, how fast. Okay. Alan?
3: Four.
5: Quinny, you're up first, which makes sense. I'm, g- I'm going to run right up to the beholder. Yep, I'm gonna hold my sword out and say, "Free Captain Ayum." The beholder just laughs maniacally, and you hear the
2: crew laughing and just lots of lots of laughter from from all around. All right, hope you got more eye patches, and I go in for a stab. <laughs> all right, roll roll your attack. Oh, that's a
5: natural one. I'll use my luck to roll that again. So that's a total of uh, 18 to hit. Uh, you'll hit. Okay. So that's 10 damage. The damage Okay, great. and then I will. Um, I'll use cunning action. I'm going to hide. See if I can hide. You cannot. I cannot? Okay. Then I'm just going to disengage so I'm not right up against.
2: As you do so, um, it kind of laughs and says, Oh, a hit? Good for you. And one of its eyes flashes, and I need you to please make me a constitution save. Total of 20. As you kind of like step back, mm-hmm. its eye flashes and just your whole body feels uh, sick, tired, exhausted. Uh, you're going to take, you're lucky you saved, but you're still going to take uh, 22 points of damage. 22 points. Which brings us to the dragonborn who uh, kind of looks around and says, I can't fucking believe this. Seems like it's time to burninate. And he pulls a, uh, a giant sword out uh, with his one giant meaty, beefy arm. And he says, behold the majesty of Troll! Dog Oh, my God. Um, That's why he has one arm. and he. Uh, <laughs> but it's like a, like a beefy it's arm. a beefy arm. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Of course uh, it is. So going to be so great. <laughs> so, so great, like a wing dragon. So he's going to swing at Alan, because Alan's right there.
4: All right, what? I'm going to... I you over, she's on my crew, dickhead.
3: Sneaky McTittles
4: <laughs> is the problem.
2: Wait, are you still in Diplomatic? Yeah, I, st- I was after Tittles. I'm playing pirate mode. Hang on, let's see. Is he buying that? He's not buying that. So he's going to swing at Alan.
3: Ga- I'll kill you, you dick! <laughs> I'm gonna cast shield, so I temporarily have 19 AC.
2: So he uh, he misses with his first strike. Yes! And then he swings back. Uh, this is the first time you've seen a two-handed weapon wielded by one hand, mm-hmm. and it's gently unpleasant. Fuck. He'll hit you with his second one, and he deals you 14 points of damage.
3: Ooh, nasty.
2: With his bonus action, he uh, turns from Alan down to Butthole and says, Dread Pirate, uh, Butthole, doesn't sound real to me. And he uh, lets loose a uh, giant blast of flame from his mouth. Okay. <laughs> Roll a dexterity save.
4: Five. five total. <laughs> total. Rough. Okay. I'm a giant fat guy in plate mail. This is not going to go well in the dodge verse. No, yeah, it's, that's, that's fair. It's entirely fair. So you're going to take. Well, oh, he rolled that die a lot of times. Uh, so take uh,
2: 25 points, please, of burn a nation. Which brings us to the Beholder. The Beholder uh, kind of sees all this going on and says, you'll have to excuse my uh, first mate, Trogdor. I I really hope this doesn't interfere with our negotiations. Uh, And then turns to attack you, Quinny. So the way Beholders work is uh, they get random stuff based on what they roll. So uh, three of his eyes light up. I need you to please roll me a constitution save, a strength save, and a dexterity save. All right. Uh, Constitution first. Yeah. That's an 11. Strength is next. Uh, yep. That's a three. And what's was the last one? Dex? Uh, dex. 23. I you, don't think it matters. Yeah, <laughs> your, your body gets hit by a bunch of stuff all at once. The good news is you feel like you could have been slowed, mm. but you weren't slowed. Hey, so that's right. okay. The bad news is uh, I'm dead. you're going to take 36 points of damage and get blasted off the side of the ship.
4: The hosts of Dum Dums and Dragons are 420 friendly all year round, which is why we are excited to have IndieCloud back as a sponsor. As IndieCloud gets ready for summer, they're rolling out a new product, Dank Sickles. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify. shopify.com slash dumdums that's d-u-m-b-d-u-m-b-s if you open a store with Shopify you're gonna be hearing that sound a lot Snarf, 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 snarf
2: Snarf, 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 snarf Wait, Goblin Jr., slow down you're not wearing your translation amulet Oh, hey that's much better. Hi, I'm Goblin Jr., uh, beloved wolf companion of the Dum Dums and Dragons crew. And uh, listen, if you're enjoying our adventures, our, our snarfy fun, uh, you know, the adventures of, of Butthole and Quinny and Alan and Juniper and Bucky and all the rest, well, uh, listen, you'd really be doing us a solid if you'd go to patreon.com slash dice. that's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. And hey, you know, if you want to help us on our adventures uh, for as little as a dollar a month, uh, you can gain access to uh, Snarfy Discord and talk to all sorts of other fans about the shows. Uh, And you know, it just goes up from there. You can get ad-free feeds. You can uh, add your own characters. Uh, Hell, you can even make an NPC at the $25 level. And you get your name in the credits at the end, which is is a lot of fun, I'm told. Anyway, uh, you know, I don't know too much just being a wolf and all. But uh, what I do know is if you enjoy our adventures as much as uh, me and the crew like going on them, well, Patreon's a great way to help out. Uh, anyway, I'll uh, see you around, and i uh, take this stupid amulet off. Snarf, 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 snarf. Uncanny
5: dodge. <laughs> great. I didn't make it. 18
2: damage to my 17 health. So close. So, uh, so I'm unconscious and in the water. Blasted off the side of the ship into the water. So the uh, beholder turns to uh, Butthole and says... Do I accept your unconditional surrender? Can you give me a
4: second <laughs> just to save the guy who fell off? I need to get we Oh, we'll,
2: we'll get McTittles.
4: Oh, yeah, that fucker's worth like a thousand gold pieces. Oh, I have Done. no doubt. All I want to do is join this fucking crew. This has been a shit fest. Alan, are you going to lay down your arms?
3: I think that's probably best at this point. I'm worried about Quinny.
2: So um, the beholder uh, sort of cackles and uh, nods to Trogdor. And uh, basically over the the span of the next few minutes, uh, Quinny's pulled up out of the water, pretty banged up, um, spends a few days in the, the infirmary. To your uh, chagrin, you discover that uh, joining the crew means being enslaved to the crew. So you find yourself pressed into the service of the dread captain, uh, Kazrad the Blind, who is the, uh, the beholder who runs the ship, which you come to know as the Deathwind. Wind. Death um, Wind. So you're all pressed into service with the anti-magic callers. You find yourselves assigned to different jobs that um, the, uh, the captain thinks you'd be best at. Quinny, you end up as a lookout, so you're working with the lookout crew as navigator. This is going to give you, uh, as you develop skills over time, I'm going to give you a, a permanent plus one to perception, okay, and to navigation, which is a new skill that we'll be using for uh, use it at sea, but also in terms of like suddenly you can navigate by the stars, you can kind of find oh, that okay. sort of stuff, so okay, it'll cool. be helpful on land as well. Thank you. Butthole, would you have revealed that you're a cleric, or would you have just continued to play the... the oh, I'd play fighter, fighter all the way through. Seeing uh, your, your great size, the captain kind of looks around and notices the tiefling who... Um, you noticed earlier, Mm -hmm. and kind of like looks at the size of the tiefling and looks at the size of you and is like, "Eh, yeah, this works. So uh, you find yourself kind of chained to the same ore as uh, the tiefling, who you come to know as Bartholomew Kent, who will introduce himself momentarily. Alan, because of your knowledge of herbal medicines, Mm -hmm. um, you find yourself in the infirmary, sort of working with people. But unlike... When Butthole heals people, you're noticing people use spells that you can recognize here because they aren't drawing them from faith. They're drawing them from magic, which is something you understand. So there's a wizard on board the ship named Blink, who you've seen Mm -hmm. a few times, she wears sort of a burlap robe, and uh, inside you can see she's got a shaved head, she's got bright blue eyes, and she's got a, a series of exotic piercings in her nose.
3: Do I recognize like where she may be from, what school of magic she may have no, studied?
2: No, no. You would assume that she's a hedge mage, so someone who okay. has kind of picked up magic along the way or has studied it in a sense. Uh, it, she doesn't look like she's from a school of magic so gotcha. much as someone who just controls it. Blink is responsible for maintaining all the enchantments on the ship. All of you are a bit surprised to find that the ship still goes where Khazrak wants it to go, despite the fact that the sail is made of bones. Hmm. You also find yourselves under a silence spell most of the day. This is something that Blink maintains. You don't see her very often because she's usually meditating on keeping the spell going. And uh, Alan, for you, it's particularly strange that someone's casting silence on a boat full of people. That seems like a very high-level ability for, for one person. Right. And what that means is that you've all been separated for most of your time on the ship, but occasionally you find ways to come back together.
4: Um, Do I have an anti-magic collar because they don't know I'm magic? Everyone on the ship has an anti-magic collar. other question I really don't want to ask but should. Goblin... Jr. So, um, <laughs> so when the Serendipity went
2: down, the crew of the Death Wind, um, a lot of the Corsairs that um, are in Kazrak's employ, so they're not wearing the anti-magic collars because they're... They're you know, crew. their crew. crew. Yeah. They went across and sort of salvaged what they could. They were very surprised to find a wolf on board, but they've kind of adopted Goblin Jr. as the mascot of the ship.
4: Um, Whenever he comes by, I give him a thumbs up. Yeah,
2: okay. yeah. Goblin Jr. is playing it really cool, but they've kind of like tied like a little like, you know, like Jolly Roger thing around his neck and they've taken to calling him Shiver me timbers! So he's sort of the uh, the ship's like adorable mascot now. Anakayanga Yu did not survive being turned Fuck. to stone. Queenie Yu kind of had to watch in dismay as after the petrification took her, mm. which was not a fast event. Uh, they just pushed her overboard and laughed. Oh my god! Um, Kazrak is who did that. Who specifically did that? Uh, Trogdor. Trogdor? Yeah. Cool. Good to know. Um, Kazrak is, uh, you can tell, a feared pirate. Obviously, uh, the Deathwind is a very, like, a mighty vessel. But you can tell he doesn't really want any competition. He wants to be the, the lead pirate. He's he's a huge braggart, partially because he's missing his main beholder eye. It seems to be a real big point of contention for him. Hmm. Um, he hates that his nickname is The Blind. Really bugs mm-hmm. him. And, of course, he's still got all the other eye stalks with eyes on them. But, like, the main eye is the one that matters in beholder culture. So he's, right. he's real pissy about it. Generally speaking, life on the ship actually isn't that bad in terms of indentured servitude and how that goes. Your fellow slaves are actually taken decent care of largely because the ship needs to function, so they want to make sure everyone's at their, their peak efficiency. Butthole, you, uh, you find yourself becoming fast friends with uh, your ore mate Bartholomew, can you, uh, can you explain uh, what do you look like?
0: I'm a tiefling, so I have purple skin, red glowing eyes. I got horns and a tail.
4: Cool. Nice. nice. Are you like tall? Are you short? Because I'm 6'4", and I'm probably about 240.
0: I think teethlings are pretty tall.
4: Yep. Are you taller than me? I'd be so into that, by the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd say I'm about six feet.
4: Nice. Six feet. And um, uh, what are you wearing?
0: I've got some leather that's sort of eroded over time of hard labor and clothes that underneath that kind of used to be nice, but again, have fallen on hard times. And
2: I think that's pretty much true for most of the slave labor on the ship okay. is, you know, people kind of wore whatever they were wearing Generally speaking, if it was leather armor or padded armor, you were allowed to keep it just against the the wind and everything else. Butthole, it would have taken you out of your plate, but it doesn't fit anyone else, so it's probably just stowed somewhere. Cool. Um am so to kill them. you've had nine months where you've been learning these skills and getting to know each other. So basically what we're going to do now is, A, I'd like to hear anything that you might have been doing secretly over those nine months to try and figure out a way to escape. And B, over the course of those nine months, occasionally when the silence spell was off during meals or what have you, you guys were able to actually group up and start to discuss things. First, tell me what you would have been doing over that time. And second, uh, we'll have sort of one discussion to encompass all of the conversations you would have been having. Well, I think as a lookout, Quinny would be, he'd want to fuck around with this
5: ship. Uh, Like, you know, uh, oh, there's something on the starboard side. And then we crash a little bit and say, oh, sorry, port side. Like whatever consequences were for Quinny, like if he got like lashes or or beat up for that, Quinny would probably be okay with that. But I think after nine months, he's probably set into a routine of like, okay, this is my job now while still working on an escape
2: plan. Okay. Based on how temporary you assumed this was going to be, I think Mm -hmm. that fuckery lasted for a bit. Uh, None of you expected to be on the ship for, for nearly that long. But again, given the nature of, of the setup, it was, mm-hmm. it was kind of hard. So, uh, Kuni, what I'm going to say is because of the numerous sort of whippings and beatings you took, yeah, uh, I'm going to lower your maximum HP by one. Cool. But I'm going to give you a permanent plus one to con. Okay. Because you basically, you're a halfling. You're, you've never been good at taking a beating, but over the course of these many things, you know, the, the hardships have made you stronger. Mm-hmm. Can I add one
5: more thing of just yeah, like of knowing that Trogdor pushed the petrified Captain Anaka Ayung and that uh, Kaz... Kazrad? Yes, thank you. Kazrad was the one who petrified her. From up in my perch, I would probably spend a fair bit of time kind of like obsessing about like what their daily routine looks like. Mm.
2: Kazrad seems to float around a lot and kind of comment on things. Okay. Um, seems to be his his main thing. Certainly the ship has carried out several raids. Mm. In combat, Kazrad always seems to sort of like hang back by the helmsman and attack people as they come. Um, But you get the sense that despite being kind of a large, horrible monster, Mm -hmm. Kazrad prefers to hold his power in reserve rather than flaunting it. Trogdor is wildly efficient. Mm -hmm. He's very, very good at what he does. And uh, his corsairs seem to respect and fear him. Okay. Uh, Butthole, what have you been doing?
4: All right. So Butthole started off trying to be a pirate and join the crew. And I think he'd still be leaning in that direction, but he'd sort of have two simultaneous goals. One, during his time with the Graywater Syndicate, he probably learned a bunch of, like, hand talking, essentially. Like, sure, finger okay. gestures to be able to talk during combat. And he's had nine months. So, step one would be, like, after I figured out that Bartholomew wasn't, like, some weird asshole plant, then he'd be like, okay, i got to teach it to them and everybody so we can talk even where it's theoretically silent. And he'd have tried to unify all the oarsmen together, whoever was kind of trustworthy enough that they'd sort of have, like, an organized body should there be the opportunity for a break. Um, Obviously, they've got the collars, so we can't do anything magical, and he's just keeping that, like, right under his hat. Can you roll me a, a charisma
2: check? six total six okay so you're you're able you're absolutely able to sort of get particularly like you and bartholomew spend so much time next to each other that like it's very easy for you guys to figure out how to do that you're actually surprised that uh bartholomew seems to have a pretty stable knowledge of other it's kind of like you have one way of it's like you know asl and she knows a different kind of sign language yeah bartholomew and uh butthole are able to actually communicate pretty easily the rest of the crew is getting it like the rest of the oarsmen are getting it but it's slow going largely because there's a vast array of different species and racial groups and So, like, hand gestures don't necessarily relate so well if you know you have claws or what have you. So,
4: people are getting it; it's spreading, but it's not spreading as as efficiently as you. Yeah, as one would hope. Uh, The other thing that I'd be doing is befriending as many of the pirates as I could, given the opportunity. Probably the low level guys, the weirdos, the Yevgenoviches of the crew would be my (laughs) my my goal to make some friends. I'm avoiding preaching Moonhammer because I don't really want anybody to look into whether or not I'm magical. Uh, But one idea that I think I would have pitched after clearing it with the rest of the oarsmen, but I would have pitched like like an oarsmen fight club where they could like make us fight each other. And then because I want to establish that I'm big and bad and it'd be more useful on the crew than with the oarsmen. But through the hand signals and some of the dinners and stuff, basically the, the plan would be we make it a good show. But I'm always going to win, and I never really hurt anybody. Like, it's dancey enough that we're trying to build me into a low-level crew guy, or at least get me unshackled should a fight go bad.
2: Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Can you roll me, I'd say, Charisma's probably, uh, or Persuasion,
4: if you want? Fifteen total.
2: You uh, you managed to set that up. Uh, Interestingly, one of the the bigger proponents for it is Trogdor, despite uh, the sort of cruel nature of, of anyone who works one of these crews. Uh, it seems like martial combat is something he's very into and the idea of honorable fights one-on-one and, you know, where it's the strength of one, literally one's arm against someone else. He's really, he backs that. So yeah, he actually, um he's the one who brings it to uh, Kazrad and kind of gets it cleared. Um So yeah, I think I safely say that that's up and running. Um So you, you have that. Alan, what have you been up to?
3: Have I been able to use magic in my healing?
2: No, they don't allow you they to. They don't allow any
3: of that. Okay. No. Obviously, I'm going to be serving and healing a lot of the crew who are coming down, and I like to think I haven't been healing them to the best of my ability. I would say, you know, someone gets, you know, a sprain, I'm able to heal them a little bit, but I like to imagine that a bunch of the crew are kind of... Having limping ha- around? You know, having like little <laughs> problems. It's like, maybe you're just developing arthritis or something. Um cool. but, but I haven't been, I've just kind of been slowly healing them enough to be like, yeah, yeah, you're better, and it'll feel better over time, and it never fully gets better. Interesting. For everyone. And also can I figure out when Blink is casting the silence uh, spell? Yes, because, because you can no longer talk. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so
2: <laughs> what I'd suggest is um, what's probably happening is almost like you know in like prison escape movies where they like count down things that you've kind of mm-hmm. figured out the ebb and flow of what the casting is. So essentially it went from like, oh no, I just can't talk anymore to like three, two, one, that's when it would that's start. When it- Now, Bartholomew, you've been on the ship for a particularly long time. Yes. What sort of things do you think you would have been looking for in your time? Because originally you were, of course, imprisoned alone. Mm -hmm. So what sort of stuff would you have been most interested in?
0: I would be most interested in the dynamics of the leadership, I think. Captain, the first mate, and the mage and how they run the ship.
2: So can you roll me a perception check, please?
0: 19 total.
2: You've noticed some particularly odd things about the way uh, the ship seems to work. It seems that Kazrad and Trogdor are almost equals. It's not the usual captain-first mate dynamic. And you've actually seen Kazrad second-guess himself in odd ways that seem very out of place for a captain of his reputation and renown, usually about locations. So you've seen him kind of be like, oh, we said east, uh, west, west, we said west, which you found particularly strange.
4: Also, I think having learned our hand gestures, I've definitely told my entire life story to Bartholomew. Of like, it's, it's essentially nine months where the conversation couldn't be escaped. So I <laughs> told everything, ever. I don't know what Bartholomew told me back. That's up to Bartholomew, but best best friend ever. Ryan,
2: do you want to give us the super fast catch-up
4: for Alex on what Butthole's life story is? Oh, yeah. So Butthole grew up, he's the son of Archibald Tingler, a high priest of the God of War. His mother is Lady Antebellum, a ruthless noble who runs their own small nation state uh, and basically between the two of them they sort of believed in the power of like war money and brutality so they'd raised butthole to be an incredibly dangerous paladin was the hope of like the god of war uh, and then he also had a younger brother reginald antebellum who they sort of like favored so they were going to try to get butthole killed because they realized he was like the wayward son and then he basically ran away and joined a mercenary company and then he discovered slash invented his own god Moonhammer, the god, well, the goddess of joy, strength, and flatulence, because the last one is made up of the first two, which is like a healing god, and then he has Goblin Junior. He's met these guys. Uh, his mom and dad are still around, but he's sort of escaped them. The thing—I don't even know if I said this in the previous monologue—but he, his dad, has the ability that Butthole has to do whatever his dad tells him at any time, like it, which is super scary. Uh, he loves Goblin Junior. He loves his friends. They've had the adventures that have been heard on this show. It's, just, it's been a rough, a rough ride. And uh, Bartholomew,
2: would you have told Butthole all the stuff about you, or are you playing it close to the chest for now?
0: Playing it a little close to the chest, Bartholomew, even without the spell of silence, isn't the most talkative person.
4: I like that. Um,
0: (laughs) But everything that Butthole tells him sounds like a lot of nonsense, honestly. He's, He's not too concerned with gods and things. He likes the sea. He likes to be free. And he just wants
5: out. Imagine those nine months of you rowing as he's explaining this to you with hand gestures only, oh, all yeah. the solo rowing you'd be oh, doing I know. while he's just
4: <laughs> hand shaping to you his and life I'm just story. Like, Can
0: you fucking just shut up bro. Just do your job,
4: but I can't. I can't hear him.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I love silent. the idea yeah, because of, he's of, busy so rowing. So I you can't, can't tell you that. all I see
4: <laughs> from like the corner of my eye because I have to look forward or people get mad. I just see emphatic nodding, <laughs> not knowing that it's like fuck you, fuck you, shut up. <laughs> um, so something, uh, a
2: skill I'm going to give you uh, from your your hardships of listening to um, Butthole Bartholomew is uh, so tieflings have prehensile tails, and I'm going to say that you know you you kind of use yours to like grab things occasionally. You never really cared about it. But over the course of all of the times that Butthole has been, like, signing things to you and you've just been like, shut up, shut up, your tail has kind of learned how to sign. So you've (laughs) been, like, swearing with your tail while rowing. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: So a skill I'm going to give you is basically uh, we're going to call it extra hand. What it means is in future you're going to be able to use your tail for simple tasks. Okay. You know, you need to pick something up, tail can do it. You maybe want to sneak fire a gun, tail can do it. And it's been born of your frustration
4: of listening to Butthole for nine months.
2: I have. That's what's
0: been born after nine months.
4: (laughs) I am completely unaware of the frustration. I think we are the best of friends. And I just think uh, Bartholomew's like the strong silent type. I just, I really respect him for that. This is awesome.
2: Great. (laughs) Love it. So with all that in mind, what kind of escape plan do you think all of you would have been working on over time?
3: Hmm. I think it's important to get these collars off. That's for sure. Um, Do we know anything? uh, What what do we know about these collars? Obviously, you had time to examine them.
2: Yeah, they're controlled by a half-magic, half-mechanical key. So basically, it's so that a mage can't just magic it open and a rogue couldn't just pick it. Hmm. So it it seems to you that you would need the key to do this. Uh, You know Trogdor keeps it on him at all times. Okay. Uh, I should give you some geography as well. Hmm. So um, think... For the purposes of, of what we're talking about, kind of think of this as the Caribbean during the height of piracy. Mm-hmm. You know that there is a central island called Crabclaw Isle that's sort of the tortuga of this particular uh, part of Faerun. So that's where you know the main pirate village is. That's where piratey affairs are dealt with. That's where ships often dock. You've seen it from a distance, but you've never been up close because obviously you're you're stuck on the ship mm-hmm. at all times. But you've certainly seen members of the crew go on shore leave there. You've seen other ships dock there. It seems to be kind of, it's neutral ground for pirates. It's the one place that pirates can all just kind of go and hang out. Crabclaw Isle is kind of directly in the center of where everything is. That's the central point you keep coming back to. To the northeast, there is a place called the Countless Isles. Generally, ships avoid that because there are a bunch of small islands. Think like sort of a Thousand Islands. But if it was in a more Northern, than that, like you couldn't count? Uh, yeah, like like countless, countless. amounts. Got yeah, it. almost almost to the southeast, there is an area known as the Drifts. The drifts are a, a place of uh, great superstition. Think sort of Bermuda triangle e in that there's always very heavy mist, and uh, a lot of ships go missing while passing through it. Just generally somewhere people avoid if they can. Okay. To the southwest is an area called God's Fingers. These are uh, essentially underwater mountains that have managed to spike up and through, so they're a very treacherous area. Ships try and give it a wide berth because mm-hmm. any amount of bad weather could throw ships into it, and it's basically like a spike pit. Uh, in the ocean. Okay. And to the northwest, uh, there's an area called the Sunless Sea. This was the result of a uh, a failed magical event quite some time ago. And uh, essentially, it's an area of sort of darkness and confusion. There's essentially a veil of darkness. You can see beyond it. You can see stars in the night. doesn't matter what time of the day it is. Mm. It's just a, it's it's almost like it's another dimension. Again, generally something that people try and avoid if they can.
4: Okay. Here'd be my pitch. I'm sitting beside Bartholomew and I'm like, you know what I'm talking about, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) That's the sound he makes and he's happy. Uh, So I feel like I've known Bartholomew for years. Just look, we lock eyes. I'm like, ah, yes, you know, you know. (laughs) So we get Quinny up top watching everything that happens on the ship. When we go to Crab Claw Isle, we let crew members off. Does Trogdor goes in? Does, does Trogdor go in? never leaves the ship?
2: you seen Kazrad leave once or twice. He's gone uh, ashore when there's been sort of a council meeting of like, you know, the if there's a, a parlay between a bunch of different pirate groups, he'll go for that. But otherwise, he stays on
4: board. Oh, I'd say, okay, we're going to wait for that next parlay, because that's sick. Because it sounds like we're not really equipped with a bunch of... I'm I'm, a, I'm just a naked man. <laughs> Strapped to an aura who's good at punching. Whenever they go into the, the crab claw aisle, we get the most crew members off. So that's our time. And that's if we can pick point. a parlay where there's no beholder, that's like, check mark, check mark. Okay, so Quinny's around, and we got Goblin Jr. to sort of back that up. Whereas we got Bartholomew, who knows all the crew... Just mm-hmm. has got that sweet tail trick. <laughs> oh, man, it reminds me of ranger. I, I, give me some paper. I'm going to sketch the shit out of you, Bartholomew. I, I, you know what I'm talking about, buddy. And then I put a hand up for a high five. No. <laughs> I'm like, does it every time. Too that's, slow. That's our bit. Um,
2: Bartholomew, can you roll me an insight check, please? So roll a d20 and then add your insight score. Nine total. So you've been watching Trogdor for a long time. You're pretty sure you could take him in combat. Uh, I leave that to you. They don't know that, but that's that's something you know.
4: So none of us could possibly beat the shit at a Trogdor. So I think we I mean, lock him in a room. Oh, we all want to. We can knock fucking Blink out, sail the ship the fuck out of this harbor. Like, mm-hmm. let's go somewhere. I mean, where's our best odds? Drifts or Sunless Sea?
5: As navigation, I would suggest the Drifts.
4: Okay, so we'll go drifts. I'll overpower my whoever my closest Yevgenovich is, and I'll make him get us into the armory so we can arm the oarsmen to go throw down with the pirates. All right, let's wait for the the parlay. Then and we our, all die I'm, of old age on the boat. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Some days go by,
2: luckily for the plot, hear about an upcoming parlay. <laughs> so what that will mean is um, the Deathwind will be heading uh, to Crabclaw Isle. Apparently, uh, the number of pirates at sea has been decreasing steadily. Basically, the, the various pirate captains are starting to get a little bit worried that there's something else afoot. The Deathwind is going to dock in the the west harbor of uh, Crabclaw Isle. Trogdor will be remaining aboard, as is his way. Kazrad will be going to shore. The day arrived, what, what kind of preparations do you want to take?
5: Between like coming up and down on the lookout, I'm basically just being taken to some kind of like cell or quarters or something like yeah, that? Yeah,
2: there are a bunch of crew quarters uh, below deck. Can I have
5: grabbed one of the small like cannonballs or something like that and start bringing them up with me periodically so I've got like a stash of cannonballs up in the crow's nest? Roll me a sleight of hand check. <laughs> That's a 28
2: for sleight of hand. That is a very good sleight of hand. Okay, great. <laughs> right. So I think similar to the prestige, from the minute you started working this thing, you mm-hmm. always acted like one of your legs was a little bit gimpy right. uh, while going up and down. And that was to cover for the fact that you've basically been smuggling cannonballs up Uh, as much as you can there's only so many you can stow in a crow's nest before people start to notice but you've kind of like uh, let's say put a ring around the Mm -hmm. bottom of the crow's nest and kind of
4: hidden it under ropes and stuff cool and if anybody spotted you like not limping or whatever like Goblin Jr. just like pick a fight with a crew member over a sandwich or something
2: (laughs) and they're like oh shiver me timbers you earned that
5: sandwich (laughs) My, my plan is from up here I've got a good view of like when the coast is clear and also I can start whipping cannonballs at Trogdor to get his attention and get him real upset with me to let you guys make movement and, and do whatever you need to do if, if, if that means like sneak up on him and gang up on him or just you know also just let me wail on him with cannonballs i would also enjoy that just
4: for the activity in and of itself this is bold i like this this is more fun all right so he's chucking cannonballs how the fuck do we get loose bartholomew okay we got to take fight club time because i think that's why don't we time this shit out We'll we'll pitch like a title fight because bartholomew and i've never fought because we're like the bestest <laughs> friends aren't we bartholomew sure sick <laughs> His noncommittal statements are a sign of how much he (laughs) loves me. So we we set up like a title fight to take place, uh, but we pitch it after the captain's away. And I'm like, Bartholomew's big and and angry, but he'll only fight right now. Okay, roll (laughs) me a uh, persuasion check, please. 10 total. Well, you're lucky I rolled badly too. So you're like, (laughs)
2: listen, this is going to be great. Everyone kind of looks at Bartholomew, who's pretty much like kept his head down the entire time he's been on the ship. And they're like, I don't know. But then a psychic stands up from the back and is like, hello, listen, I've overheard some of the things that have been going on in Barty's head and Trust me, you're going to want to watch this fight. The crew is kind of like everyone who didn't go on shore leave is kind of pissed anyway. So they're like, yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah, I like this. Yeah, let's watch this.
4: So our, our game plan is when you start pissing off Trogdor during the fight, Alan might be in the crowd to supervise anybody who gets hurt in the fight. What's the rules on Fight Club for you? Yeah, I'm
2: going to say for Fight Club, that's something you established mm-hmm. is that Alan is there. Although everyone's like, I don't know. I still don't feel great after I visit her. <laughs> um, Alan, can you roll me a deception check, please?
3: Sure. Oh, shit. Four total. I think
2: she's just bad at her job. <laughs> <laughs> and just, even though I, you know you're doing it on purpose, it just it hurts just just a little, though. Like,
3: I just kind of quietly shrug and shrink down a little bit.
4: Half-elf at sea, what are you going to do? So we're like, we're going to put on a sick, fake <laughs> fight, but not hurt each other. Right, right, Bartholomew?
0: No, not hurt each other at all.
4: Oh, good. That first half <laughs> had me worried. Man, you're the funniest best friend in the world.
2: <laughs> the evening of the fight arrives... Pretty exciting. Everyone's super jazzed. What they've basically done is on the uh, the top deck, there's a grate that can swing down for easy access to sort of a smaller cargo hold. So, you know, they've built up some like barrel walls. So you've got like a nice little fighting pit. And I think this is something that's been established because Fight Club has become very popular, even though no one talks about it. So uh, everyone's uh, excited. They're getting ready. Crew's placing bets.
3: Has Blink lifted silence for the purposes of this fight? Yes. Okay. Cool.
2: Blink seems like very unhappy about all this, and is kind of like stewing in uh, in her quarters. Trogdor, on the other hand, is pretty jazzed about it. His love of Fight Club has overridden his love of running a sound ship.
4: (laughs) 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 So you can see uh,
2: you can see there are uh, soldiers armed with cutlasses, sort of patrolling the rim of the arena in case anyone tries to jump in, Mm -hmm. or in case you guys try and jump out. Trogdor kind of waves his one arm and he calls for silence. We've got a good fight for everyone tonight. We have the big one, the Dread Pirate Butthole. And everyone laughs because they all remember like nine months ago. It was like, oh, yeah, right. And his teleporting friend. And they say, and uh, our good old pal, Barty, quiet Barty, the demon. And everyone like applauds. And you didn't give yourself this name. It's just like a Spider-Man thing where they're naming you.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I would never call myself Barty.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 the so. demon is fine. <laughs>
0: demon is acceptable.
4: Are you guys are going to fist fight? I assume that's the uh, yeah. It needs to be Fight Club zone. rules. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no hits to the ding dong. No scratch in the eyeballs. <laughs> Those
2: are the only two no, rules no, of Fight no Club. No biting.
4: Fighting's weird. Yeah. Oh. Um, gore him with
2: your horns. <laughs> Great.
4: So <laughs> that's uh, technically legal.
2: <laughs> sure. Now you're faking this fight, so you can just tell me who's going first and who's going second. How real is it mm. for Bartholomew? <laughs> It's like fifty
4: percent. Um <laughs> it's like wrestling. You know, we got we gotta throw punches. It's gotta look real because they've seen us fight, but we're not oh, yeah. trying some, to actually some, kill each some, other.
0: Some blood's gonna spill.
4: Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. Great. <laughs> but I'm so safe because this is my best friend. <laughs> Okay, so
2: uh, do you want to describe how this fight goes? Bartholomew, I think you throw the first punch because you've been yeah. holding back. Yeah, uh,
4: I'm playing to the crowd. Like, I got my hands out and I'm like, who do you want to see win? But I'm facing away from Barty. Yeah.
2: So, uh, You're calling him Barty? Yeah. Please stop. So, uh, I'm do the you one do? Who
4: came up with the name.
2: Yeah, you like slipped it to Trogdor on a piece of paper and he's like, I approve. Please. Butthole is kind of like playing to the crowd. He's doing his thing. What do you do?
0: I'm going to take my tail and I'm going to turn around and punch him in the face. <laughs> Like I've been wanting to do for the past nine months.
2: (laughs) Amazing. So, uh, butthole, I'm going to say, like, you know, you're doing your thing, and you turn just in time to see, like, a bald tail clock you across the jaw. And your beard is, like, much more majestically untamed now because you've been a slave for nine months. As it should be. And I think you've got a bit of stubble, and you don't like it
4: on your head. Wow. This is the life I lead, you know? (laughs) Thank God there's no mirrors. (laughs) I just don't like touching it. Like, I reach up just to, like, rub my dome every once in a while. and yep. It just doesn't pay off at all. And I just yell, like, son of a bitch. Uh, and then I look up at him, and I, like, wipe some blood out of the corner of my mouth. And I'm like, touche, motherfucker. Uh, and then I go in, and we do, like, like I hold my hands up, like, WWE style. And we, like, interlace fingers for, like, a, a sweet wrestling thing. And we do that thing where they, like, shift shoulders. And you're just yep. sort of, like, hugging and slapping. But then I managed to get a grip on Bartholomew. And we we practice this in our bunks. Uh, and and I, I do like a sweet suplex where I flip him over my back and hit him on the floor. And then I get up and I'm like, what? what? And I start grandstanding again. <laughs> Bartholomew, can you roll me an acrobatics check, please?
0: 25 total?
2: Amazing. Ooh. You suplex Bartholomew down. You stand up and you're like, what? But uh, as the most acrobatic luchadors will do, when Bartholomew hit the ground, he wrapped his tail around one of your feet so as you go to step away, he just yanks your foot out from under you, and is suddenly standing where you were, and you're suddenly face down, and that's that's good. You you you, you know. You, Listen, I respect the shit out of my best friend. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hell of a gift. <laughs> he has. From up top, you hear someone yell, "This fight sucks. We want blood!" And one of the soldiers throws a sword down into the pit.
1: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It happened in the quiet town of Podunk, an ages-old family mystery. What happened with Great Grandpa? Why won't you talk about it? Because there's nothing to
2: say, Ninten.
1: Begets an unprecedented paranormal event.
2: Oh, brother! Ah! Uh!
1: My lamp attacked me. It was hovering the air. It unplugged itself and came at me. Mind control. Why is that crow smoking a cigarette? Okay, we're playing inside today. Zombies. I could have gotten out of here on my own. You were hiding in a coffin. It was a good disguise. Extraterrestrials. You've seen them too? I've been observing them for days. (laughs) I beat up aliens with my baseball bat. Children with psychokinetic powers.
0: I let that little light of mine
3: shine, Mama. And it melted the darkness away.
1: And that's just the beginning.
3: Introducing Mother
1: She Wrote, a travelogue diary through the biggest cult phenomena in video game history, the Mother series, as it's called in Japan, and Earthbound, as it's called everywhere else. Each episode,
2: we recount the story through immersive audio drama as it's lived by the characters, unpacking the surreal adventures, tear-jerking moments, and what it all means.
1: If you're new to the series, we'll take you beyond the controller and into the story. And if you're a longtime fan, relive these tales like never before and learn fascinating new facts about your favorite games. Find Mother She Wrote on your favorite podcast player and at MothersheWrote.earth.